Some of you may know my good friend, and hopefully yours, Abbot Placid Solari, who is the abbot at Belmont Abbey, just down 85, their Belmont Abbey College. Um, and I think he's been the abbot, I want to say, since 1990. So it's been a, a little while since he became you know, sort of the head of everything there at the abbey. And I've heard people ask him before, when did you decide to become a monk? And I love his response. He says to them, this morning, when I put my feet on the floor. And it's a good line because obviously, if he's been the, the abbot since 1990, I mean, they don't make you abbot on day one, right? So we know that he's been around for a while, and yet, I love that answer just because it sort of shows the fact that it's like every day, you got to make that recommitment, right, to your vocation, that recommitment to being a disciple of Christ, that, you know, embracing him once again, because day in and day out, it can be difficult. And I think as we've seen, you know, a lot through some of the readings over the last couple of weeks, uh, especially with the first readings, and we hear again today some murmuring, and today you've got that reading from Joshua, where Joshua's laying it out to the people as they're there in the promised land, they've been following all these different gods, they keep falling into infidelity, and again, it's like, okay, choose who you're going to follow, you know, take this to heart, do it, are you going to serve the Lord, or aren't you? You know, of course they say, yes, we're going to follow the Lord. Of course, unfortunately, uh, like four verses later, they're already running to different idols. I mean, it's kind of baked into us, it feels like, you know, just that tendency to start to drift, even when we have some good moments and there are times it's like, yeah, things are going well. And yet, we need that every day, right? We need that commitment of, you know, when did you decide to be a disciple of Christ? When did you decide to live out your vocation, you know, to love your spouse, to embrace the priesthood, to give your all in the service of our Lord? And really, we have to say today, when I put my feet on the floor. A few weeks ago, when we picked up with the sixth chapter of the Gospel of John, I was telling you that I wanted to share various quiet prayers of the priest during the Mass, since you don't get to hear them much. And I think that first week we started with the prayer that gets said when the deacon mingles the water and the wine, that by the mystery of this water and wine, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ who humbled himself to share in our humanity. I think a couple weeks ago I talked about the prayer during purification about sharing in eternal life. Well, today... I want to share with you my favorite one of them all, that I have the honor, the privilege, the joy of praying every single time I celebrate Mass, so at least once a day, every day of my life. And it comes at the time, so you know, we all sing the Lamb of God together, and then everybody kneels down, and it gets nice and quiet in the church. And you'll notice that I kind of bend down a little bit, and I'm whispering a prayer to the Blessed Sacraments. I mean, this is at the point that, you know, the consecration has already taken place. We've prayed the Our Father. We've sung the Lamb of God. I've broken the host and taken a little piece and made the sign of the cross over the chalice. And I say this other silent prayer, may this mingling of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ bring eternal life to us who receive it. And then, when everybody kneels down and is quiet, you'll hear me kind of whispering. I know sometimes I can hear like a little bit of the whisper over the uh, speakers, but this is one of my favorite prayers ever. It goes like this, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, who by the will of the Father and the work of the Holy Spirit, through your death, gave life to the world, free me by this your most holy body and blood from all my sins and from every evil. 
Keep me always faithful to your commandments and never let me be parted from you. I love that last line. Never let me be parted from you. Because the scary thing is, is that it is possible to be parted from him, right? I mean, you look at the gospel today and what do we see? I think one of the scariest lines in all of sacred scripture, and actually, just so you know, I mean, obviously when they wrote it, we didn't get the verse numbers, but just so you remember, scariest line in sacred scripture, John 6, verse, uh, John chapter 6, verses 66, so it's like 666, um, and it says this, this is the verse, as a result of this, many of his disciples returned to their former way of life and no longer accompanied him. And when you think about that, that that's possible, right? That these people are there looking at the Son of Man in the eyes as he gives this teaching about the Blessed Sacrament. And you notice we open today with, you know, the disciples said, this saying is hard, who can accept it? Well, last week we celebrated the Assumption, which was beautiful, but what we missed was this part right before it where he says to them, amen, amen, I say to you, and by the way, this is after they grumbled one time, amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. The thing is, they start to grumble. They start to get upset. They don't know what's going on. And he doubles down. He gives them the amen, amen. I mean, he's saying, this is real teaching here. And then today, of course, after they're grumbling, he says, does this shock you? What if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? Now, the thing is, like I said, I think this is terrifying that people who are there with God himself can turn around and walk away, right? Now, we have a huge advantage that we have 2,000 years of church history, right? We have the fact that we are after the fact that he has ascended to the heavenly father. We have the fathers of the church, the apostles themselves, giving us teaching on the Eucharist. We have Eucharistic miracles throughout the centuries, all of these great saints. But the fact of the matter is, he still presents it to you and to me, right? Still, every single day, we have this opportunity to come to him in the blessed sacrament. He who says, this is my body, which is given up for you. This is my blood, which is poured out for you. And when they say this saying is hard, who can accept it? The fact of the matter is, yes. Is it a hard mystery to understand? Of course. Like I said, not only do we have 2,000 years of church history to see this, we know that he comes to us. We know that he wants to be with us, that he remains with us. Because the fact of the matter is, if this was all up to the disciples, all of this would have collapsed a long time ago, right? The only reason that the church is still here is because this isn't a mere symbol. It's Jesus Christ in our midst. I mean, when I bow down and I'm whispering that prayer and I say, never let me be parted from you, I'm not saying it to a symbol. I'm saying it to Jesus Christ. And I think one of the things that is most scandalous here for these disciples is not just the fact that he's giving them himself, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist, right? It's the fact that he is going to be so close to them that he wants them to consume him, that they, they're going to have him with him all the time in their hearts, in their very bodies, that Jesus Christ doesn't want to just kind of like hover on the outskirts of our life. He doesn't want to just kind of be with us on Sunday. He wants to be there with us all of the time. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. 
He wants that life to be within us. And that's scary, right? Because it's so easy to start to bracket things off in our life, to live a certain way here and a certain way there. And I'll just bring this up because I do find it scandalous. I won't get into a lot of details. But there have been some things in the headlines lately about some different priests who are not living very well, like things found out on their cell phones and the fact that they're living a double life. You know, and in this day and age with our cell phones, they're there for everything, right? Like you can kind of present one face to one group and one to another, but it's the same cell phone in your pocket. And I guess in some ways it's kind of like a good analogy for our hearts, Our Lord wants to be there with us in everything on the cell phone, and even deeper than that, in everything in our heart. We can't be a different person here and there, and at the same time say to him, enter in, come into my heart. And the fact of the matter is, as you look at St. Paul giving us the analogy of holy matrimony, of man and woman coming together, and that love of them together, lifting one another up, that that signifies the love of Christ in his church. I mean, look at the way he concludes. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak in reference to Christ and the church. The fact of the matter is, our Lord wants to be with us just like a man and wife are together and new life comes from that. He wants to give us his life. And the scandal of that is we have to welcome him in. Notice, he doesn't force it on them, right? He lets them go away. Many of his disciples returned to their former way of life and no longer accompanied him. Is it difficult to follow him? Yes. Is it difficult to be a Catholic? Yes. We are held to a very high standard. But remember, It's worth it. Why? Because Jesus Christ gives us himself. And thank God for our first pope, right? The first one in the line of the next 265 that is fallen, that makes mistakes, that after this is going to go on to deny Jesus. And yet, he stands up and says the right thing. Master, to whom else shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and are convinced that you are the Holy One of God. And my brothers and sisters in Christ, the same Jesus who is interacting with with the Apostle Peter here is the same one in this Mass that gives us himself body, blood, soul, and divinity. The same one that gives us the same option. Are you going to leave too? Do you want to be with me or do you want to walk away? And the thing is, just like Abbot Placid, I think so wisely points out, when did you decide to be a monk? This morning, you know? When did you decide to follow Jesus Christ? Well, I mean, I can say on April 11th, 1982, when I was baptized, right? I mean, my parents kind of did it for me. Um, Or I could say that day back in 1989 when I received First Communion. But the beautiful thing about the faith is it's not in the past, really. And obviously, all that builds up to this point. But today is the day that we recommit ourselves to him. Today is the day to recognize the fact that as we reflect on this gospel, all the love that our Lord pours out upon us. And when you think about all that he went through, from the very moments of the incarnation, placing himself in danger, being born under the reign of Herod, having to fly to Egypt, eventually as he grows up, leaving his hometown and going out to public ministry, where people would walk away from him after murmuring, where he'd get accused of all sorts of things, where eventually he'd be mistreated and put down and killed. 
by the chief priests, the scribes, the Romans, right? That he is willing to do all of this out of love for us. And the beautiful thing is, is that he sets it up in such a way that that doesn't remain somewhere in the past, that he has ascended to the Father, that he has made it so to this day. He continues to be with us, that he will not go away from us, that he never wants to be parted from you or from me. And so I'm so grateful that I have this prayer, and I invite you all to pray it with me at every single Mass, that, dear Lord, you are here, that you love me, that you know that it's hard, that you know that I have difficulties, and yet you are never parted from us. Dear Lord, let me never be parted from you. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.